Welcome to the King's Table, a podcast out of King's Hill Church in Boston, where we seek to elevate the Bible over opinion, answering the questions you have. I'm your host, Jonathan Mosley. Now, as a church, we've been going through a series called By Design on marriage, sex, and singleness, and we've been fielding questions from our church. Last episode, we answered the question, how does a husband love and lead his wife? Now, today we ask the question, how does a wife submit to her husband? Enjoy. I want to take us to a passage as we dive in today, uh, a passage we looked at on our last episode, which is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. And here, Paul calls marriage a mystery, but it's not a mystery that uh, can't be uh, discovered or understood. Paul talks about marriage, that it's a, a relationship between husband and wife, and it points beyond itself to Jesus and the church. So marriage is a redemptive picture of what Jesus has done for the church and how the church responds to Jesus. And Paul talks about how there's different roles for the husband and wife to fulfill based on the relationship between Jesus and the church. Jesus, the groom, loves his bride in the ways that he has sacrificed for her and served her and gave himself up for her. That's how the husband is supposed to love his wife. And the church is supposed to gladly and joyfully submit to the leadership of Jesus. And that's the role of a wife. As she looks at her husband's leadership, she gladly and joyfully follows. Now, I'm going to read the passage uh, as it relates to the husband and wife relationship in connection to the relationship between Jesus and the church. And just you can test what I said just now. And in particular, in this podcast, we're going to look at now the role of the wife. All right, so let me Jump into Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Paul writes, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And now he spends most of his time talking to the husbands, verses 25 through 32, This is the role of the husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So again, on our episode right before this, we talked about the role of the husband. So we dive now, we dive in, we turn our attention to the role of the wife. And she's given two here. In verse 33, it says the wife should respect her husband. And then in verse 22 and in 23, there's this mentioning of the wife submitting to her husband. So let's talk about respect and submission. And in terms of submission, there are so many misconceptions over what submission is that we're going to spend actually most of our time talking about what submission is not 
and then finally ending with what submission is. But first, respect. At a heart level, at a heart level, respect is deep admiration. A husband is to be given a place of high esteem. It means that for the wife, her husband's words and his judgments hold a lot of weight. A wife has an attitude towards her husband that says, I affirm him, I trust him, I follow him. That's what respect is at a heart level. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Peter, Peter speaks about this kind of woman. This is what Peter writes. He says, For this is how the holy women of the past adorned themselves. So in other words, this is how the holy women of the past made themselves beautiful. Right? It's what Peter writes, that they put their hope in God and that they were subject to their husbands just as Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. Paul's talking about in beautiful inward virtue and what he calls attention to is the respect that Sarah had towards her husband Abraham. Abraham is a significant character in the Bible. He's the father of the nation of Israel. God counted Abraham's faith as righteousness, and through Abraham's family, the world would be blessed. And his wife was Sarah, and she's given a shout-out now by Peter. Peter says, listen, I'm giving you an example of a godly wife. I'm, I'm putting before you an example of a holy woman. It's Sarah. Look to her. And Peter is saying that beauty comes from the way a wife responds to her husband. Holy women adorn themselves by being subject to their husbands. Now, subject simply means embracing the role of living under the authority of another. All right? Subject means embracing the role of living under the authority of another. Peter says there's beauty to this because this is in line with God's created order where God creates man first and then pulls a rib out of Adam and creates woman. Abraham is living out his part, and so is Sarah. She obeys him, she calls him Lord, and there's this respect in the ways that she's interacting with her husband. So I would just mention when, when Paul now in Ephesians talks about wives respecting their husbands, when respect is present in the wife, there's this deep admiration that gives rise to praise. As the wife recognizes the position he holds in the family, she's going to respond in an appropriate way that recognizes the position that he holds in the family, that values his leadership, and that says, I affirm him, I trust him, I follow him. So wives are to respect their husbands. The second role for a wife is to submit to their husbands. We'll turn to what Paul writes in verse 22. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And he says it again in verse 24, Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. So there's respect and submission. Now in our culture, the idea of submission is so offensive. Submission and authority are like cuss words. But we have to understand that the Bible, because it's God's word, it stands above every culture. Which means that the Bible is going to confront all cultures though in different places. For example, if I went to the Middle East, talked about a God who's forgiving and merciful and gracious, that kind of God's going to be hard to digest because the foundation of these cultures is honor and shame. Justice is at the core of their belief system, not mercy. 
So they totally understand the idea of wrath on the wicked and punishment for the evil, which in our culture is harder to digest. Right. So I, I mentioned that because submission in our culture is one of the places where the Bible is going to confront us. And we got to make the decision, are we going to adjust to what God's word says or are we going to throw it out? So we turn to submission now. And I, I first want to share what it is not. So I give several points of what it is not before turning to what it is. Again, there's been so many misconceptions about what submission is that I think first it's important we talk about what it's not. So first, submission is not one-sided. When the authors wrote the Bible, they didn't include headings like we have now. So we read together first 22 of chapter 5 in Ephesians, which says, wives, submit to your husbands. But before we get to that verse, in verses 18 and in verses 21, it talks about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And one of the fruits of being filled with the Spirit is that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So one of the fruits of a Spirit-filled person, which we're all commanded to be, is submissiveness. So this looks like, what it, what it looks like to be a Submissive person, it means that we are humble, selfless, and not preoccupied with our own agenda or our own needs or plans. And this is for all of us. So while it's true that wives have a unique calling to submit to their husbands in one sense, all Christians are to be submissive people in another sense. So what does that look like for a husband? Well, do I have authority over my wife and my kids? Yes, biblically speaking, I do. But whatever is going to be to my wife's benefit, whatever is going to lead to her joy in Jesus, I'm going to submit my life to that. That's the aim of headship. That's the purpose of leadership. I'm going to lead in such a way that fuels her love and her joy for Christ. And I submit to any and all ways that's going to bring that about. Okay, so biblical submission is not one-sided. There's a, a sense in which all Christians are called to be submissive to one another. Biblical submission is not saying yes to sin. Wives say yes to their husbands as long as it's in line with God's word. If her husband is leading the family in a direction that goes against what God has said, she chooses Jesus, not her husband. She declines. Her Savior is Christ, and her highest allegiance is to Him. She can say no respectfully, and in a way that still affirms his leadership, except in this area. You can say, and you know the difference, you can say no in a proud and haughty sort of way, and you can say no that still honors and affirms his position as the head. But when it comes down to, must I choose Jesus or my husband, because my husband's asking me to sin, then I say no to my husband, if it means I sin against my Savior. All right, so biblical submission is not one-sided. It doesn't mean saying yes to sin. Biblical submission is not giving up attempts to influence your husband. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, wives are addressed. And Peter says this to wives. He says, likewise, wives, be subject to your husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, They may be won over without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see that you're respectful and pure in your conduct. 
basically what Peter is saying here is uh, try to win over your husband. You, you have permission to do that. <laughs> now, this is not a text on giving permission to marry someone who doesn't believe. Paul Paul actually forbids marrying someone who does not follow Jesus. But Peter now, he's, he's talking to someone where spouses were already married at the time when the gospel came to them. And one of the spouses, in this case the wife, they followed Jesus, but the husband never did. What are they supposed to do? Is the wife supposed to leave her husband? No, she's supposed to stay in this covenantal relationship, but she's supposed to model her life in a way that tries to win over her husband. So Peter is encouraging wives to influence their husbands. So submission does not mean silence. Wife or aspiring wife, you're a person with intelligence and ideas and and creativeness and uh, imagination. And as a wife, you're supposed to use them to sway your husband towards godliness. So submission does not mean silence. It doesn't mean you're voiceless. It doesn't mean you throw out common sense or that you turn off your mind or that you become a robot. No, you use your voice respectfully. And a quick word for the husbands, if you want to be a wise leader, then you seek counsel from your wife. You're not all-knowing and your thinking has blind spots. God has given you a fellow heir of grace to help you. So biblical submission is not one-sided. It's not saying yes to sin. It doesn't mean being silenced. Biblical submission also does not mean you give up your gifts and your strengths. If a leader is doing his job, He's trying to maximize the gifts and strengths of someone else, not minimize them. Leadership does not mean that you're the most competent person in the room, husband. (laughs) This is where the values of our world and the Bible collide because we've often said, if you're competent, you're deserving of authority. But competency biblically does not equal leadership. Listen, a, a wife may have gotten a degree in accounting and she gets finances. So it, it might make sense for the wife to handle the checkbook. But leadership is having a a God goal with finances. So the husband might say, sweetie, let's figure out how we can go above and beyond blessing people this year. I want us to look at where we can cut back, but I'd also like to look at if we need to make any changes on our account and credit cards. Can you do some research and make some recommendations? So who's showing the leadership here? Who's Who's showing the initiative here? The husband is. He's taking initiative to pursue God-honoring ambitions for their family, but he's taken into account the wife's uh, gifts and strengths, and he's wanting to use all that she has available to provide the the greatest sort of God-honoring vision for them as a family. So biblical submission does not mean that you throw out your gifts and strengths. Okay, biblical submission finally does not mean that the wife is dependent on her husband for her spiritual strength. Now, I mentioned in the last episode that husbands are to provide for their wives, both physically and spiritually. And so, yes, a husband should be taking initiative and in, 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 as he is seeking the Lord to be able to guide and to uh, love and to serve uh, his family in a way that brings about her flourishing. And, uh, and he should be leading out in that, taking initiative in that. But that doesn't mean that the wife is dependent solely on her husband for spiritual strength. She doesn't lay down her pursuit of Jesus because her husband's the leader. No, she seeks God with fervency and zeal. Christ is the ultimate head 
of her life, not her husband. Her husband is the head, but not the ultimate head. And her submissiveness to her husband will come out of an overflow in her submission to Christ. So unless she is getting strength from Christ, she's not going to be able to live out her calling. So she doesn't check out going hard after Jesus. She doesn't resign and say, well, what's the use of it? What, you know, What's the use of seeking Jesus if he's just going to make the decision anyway? No, she seeks Jesus. She seeks God's will. And she brings to her husband recommendations, wisdom that helps the husband make the decision. So no, God intends for you to pursue, why? For you to pursue him with all that you have to help influence and help and support and love your husband. So that's what biblical submission is not. I'm just going to review those one more time. It's not one-sided. It's not saying yes to sin. It's not giving up attempts to influence your husband. It doesn't mean going silent. It doesn't mean throwing out your gifts and your strengths. And it doesn't mean that you're spiritually dependent on your husband for spiritual strength. Okay, so a lot of caveats there because there's a lot of misconceptions. So we need to be able to talk about how the Bible addresses that. So hopefully that that's brought some sort of clarity. Now, what is biblical submission? Well, we look at verse 22 again. Paul writes in Ephesians 5, verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now that phrase, as to the Lord, I think is very helpful. So as we mentioned before, submission to your husband can only come if you're submitting to the Lord himself. A wife says, a wife says, I submit to my husband because this is obedience to my God. And that's always going to come first. Submission does not come because your husband is more equipped than you. It doesn't come because he's smarter than you. It doesn't come because he's better than you. Sum- submission comes simply because it's the Lord's will. And to the degree of your commitment to living this out, It'll either cultivate in your heart a heart of worldliness or godliness. You might recall that Jesus himself acted submissively to his father during his earthly ministry. Is Jesus equal to God? Yes, he is. Of course he is. Is the father greater than the son? No, the father and the son and the Holy Spirit are three persons, one God. And yet Jesus chose to submit to his father's will. In John 5 Chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus says, The Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees his Father doing. For whatever the Father does, so the Son does likewise. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked that the Father take away the cup that he was about to drink. This cup was the physical torture of crucifixion. It was way more than that, though. The Father was going to pour out his just wrath on his Son for the sins of the world. This was horrifying. And yet Jesus said, Your will be done. Submission is not weakness. No one's looking at Jesus undergoing crucifixion, seeing the judgment and condemnation of God being poured out on him, and no one says, oh, Jesus is so weak. No, they, they see Jesus submitting to his Father's plan, and they see a fearless, courageous, submissive Savior. That phrase, I think, as to the Lord, helps frame what submission is. The wife doesn't look to the husband primarily and say, I'll submit. She looks to Christ first and says, I want to submit to you. Therefore, I'll look to my husband and submit to him. The other part of this text I want to point out is in verse 24. It says, now as the church submits to Christ, this is Ephesians 5, verse 24. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. 
Now, in our last episode, we talked we talked about the husband's role in marriage. He embraces the role of Jesus, and he serves her in a covenantal, protective, provisional way. The wife's role in marriage is to embrace the role of the church. The church submits to Christ, and in the same way, the wife submits to her husband. So I want us to think about this for a minute. Does the church follow Jesus begrudgingly or gladly? The answer is gladly. At least I hope that's how you answered it. I mean, what does that communicate to the world of our God and of his worth if we follow him begrudgingly? It undermines his trustworthiness and his goodness. But also understand that as the church, our following has a purpose and mission behind it. We follow Jesus to accomplish the greatest mission on earth, namely to see all nations, tribes, and tongues come to a saving knowledge of Christ. We, as a church, we follow Jesus gladly, but we also follow purposefully. In this mission, we have gifts we use to carry out the mission forward. Now, this picture of the church points to the role of the wife. It speaks to the attitude and to the purpose of her following her husband's leadership. You might remember that in the first wedding ceremony in the creation account, when God makes Adam, he gives him roles to fulfill in the garden. And then he makes his wife, Eve, as a helper to see this carried out. So wives follow their husbands gladly. That's the attitude by which they're to follow their husbands. And the initiatives that he takes to see the physical and spiritual well-being flourish for his family The wife helps him and supports him according to her gifts. She becomes the helper. She uses her gifts, her strengths, her passions. And as the husband takes initiative to see this God-honoring, God-glorifying vision for the family play out, she says, I'm going to come along. I'm going to help make that happen. Submission says, biblical submission says, I love when you take action to see our family thrive. And I'm happy when you do that. And I'm here to help with that. I'm here to support that. Whatever you need, I want to be a person that can help this God-glorifying vision come to pass. That's what biblical submission is. The role of the wife is to respect her husband, this deep admiration and praise, and to submit to her husband where she uses her gifts and her passions to come alongside her husband to fulfill the God-glorifying mission that God wants for their family. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's discussion on how does a wife submit to her husband. If you'd like more resources uh, from Kings Hill, uh, you can visit us online at www.kingshillboston.com.